0: so glad you could join us on this Memorial Day weekend on Cranford Radio. We are joined by someone who is doing a lot that really helps make this holiday more meaningful. Don Sweeney is doing a project called Cranford 86. We're going to talk about what that is for those who aren't familiar with it. First of all, Don, welcome to Cranford Radio. Thank you, Brian. I mentioned the project. Tell
1: me a little bit more. What is this? It's a way for us to take the names that are on the memorial at Memorial Park of all the men that died in in war defending our freedom since World War I, because that's how long our town has been incorporated. Not to say that the Civil War people that lived in this area are not honored, but Cranford was not a town during the Civil War. It was considered the Westfields of Elizabeth. And they read their names every year. And I've been a part of the Boy Scouts. So for maybe eight or nine years, I stood there with the Boy Scouts and with all respect, listen to those 86 names read uh, by Vietnam World War II veterans from the VFW. The, the names meant nothing to me. There was one gentleman that got up there, his name was Bob Greco, and he actually owned the, the gas station on the corner of South and, and Centennial, where the TD Bank is now. And my wife knew him because he helped her put air in her tire her bicycle when she was little because he was the neighborhood filling station guy. <laughs> yep. But he got up there and said that I'm now going to read you the names of 57 young men that died in a four-year period that I went to school with. He says, but when I say their names, I'm going to see their faces. He says, you're just going to hear names. And even when I say that now, I get tingles in my arms and my hairs stand up because I just can't imagine that 57 guys in four years died from our high school, which God, I just think when one kid dies in a five-year period from our high school, the town comes to a screeching halt. 57 in four years. I I just couldn't fathom it. And I had a chance to meet Mr. Greco because he walked back to the VFW as I was walking back to the VFW, maybe three times. And since my wife knew him, she said hello to Mr. Greco. And then we walked along and I had a chance to chat with him. And, you know, he never talked about the war. He never talked about anything. He just I wish I had, I wish I had known, you know, but, uh, and later on, I did find out that he was on a ship that got struck by a torpedo that killed one of our Crawford 86. And he was, and that was his best friend. Wow. And he didn't tell me that, but oh my God, that, that would have been a great time for me to start the Crawford 86, but I didn't start it until well after Mr. Greco died. And when he died, I thought, well, Bob Greco knew the faces, but no one else knows, knows the faces, you know? So mm-hmm. maybe my legacy will be to try to introduce these faces so that when you hear the names, you know, Alan O'Call or Friend Burton, you'll see those people. And you'll and after and who, whoever knew that we were going to tell the story, so you would know everything about them. And even the family members were finding that we're sending these stories to, they didn't even know these stories because so much of this information was classified back when they died. But after 25 years, they're unclassified. And we have got researchers that have got those reports and the stories that we've uncovered just. Boy, I tell you, they make us cry sometimes when we're writing them. Sure. They're, they're movie scripts in, in many cases.
0: I don't think we mentioned it and maybe you know people could surmise it, but what is the significance
1: of the number 86? There's 86 names on the plaque at Memorial Park. I think it's 11 from World War One, 57 from World War II, two from the Korean War, and I think 14 from the Vietnam War. And that adds up to 86. And I, I don't think that number was even... even thrown around before we started this, you know, when I first started it, some people said, Oh, there's more than 86. I said, well, I don't know, unless you've got a better, better list than I've got. I counted them, you know, and and we've had these flags in the parade that we, that the boy Scouts have been carrying and, and no one was really, clued into the fact that there were 86 flags mm-hmm. you know because they were leaving the black they they would just get as many boy scouts as they could to get carry the flags but they said you know get as many boy scouts as you can because that was my job get the boy scouts and girl scouts to carry the flags and i said well how many carriers do you need and they said oh get as many as you can because we never get all the flags out mm-hmm. i said oh never get all the flags out then i realized that those flags were 86 and everyone re- represented a guy so there were the same number of flags per war that I just talked about. So then I realized that every flag represented a guy. So I wanted to put the flags, the names on the flags. That was my first job. I didn't think I was gonna start writing stories. Let's just identify the flags. Let's put them, and we went back and forth, embroider them. How how are we gonna name? So we came up with the idea of a streamer to put on on each flag that has the names. And And then when we read the names, the Boy Scouts, when they read the name of that flag that they were holding, they dipped the flag. And now that's become a tradition. But that was just started when when we started this. So so the idea now of leaving a flag, a name, a guy in the basement of the community center was now impossible. Like we could not now we needed to get all 86 out. So mm-hmm. I'd, I'd go to the Boy Scout meetings and try to really instill on them how important it was because you know, this is Cranford. most people have houses down the shore. They say, oh no, Memorial Day, we go to the shore. Mm-hmm. And I say, okay, we'll tell your mom and dad, like my wife told me when she was little, She said, no matter what we did on Memorial Day in Cranford, we were home for Memorial Day on Monday so we could go to the parade. So we actually got people to come home from the shore and we got the 86 people that we needed. And and every year so far, we've gotten a person to carry every flag because they have a name on them. So so we were proud, proud of doing that. That was that was our first big step.
0: I think one of the interesting things is you, you mentioned at the Memorial Day service at Memorial Park that the names are read. And for most people, those are just names that they're hearing. There's no personal connection to the names. As someone who's very interested in Cranford history, you see streets around town that are named after many of these people. Haskins, Harold Johnson, Alan O'Kell, you had mentioned. These streets are memorials to people who gave their lives. Not all 86 people are memorialized in that way, but the streets that we drive down every day are, in a sense, a living memorial to some of these men who gave their lives in service to our country.
1: Yeah. Thank God when, were, when we were building new neighborhoods and there were new streets that people that they had the sense to do that. The problem now is you can't change the name of someone's streets. So if you, if you don't have a street to, to name, you know, one of the Girl Scouts came to me with a, a Project 3 Girl Scouts, actually. They wanted to know if they could symbolistically name more streets and I said, well, you know, and sometimes they do that. You know, they 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 put a little memorial thing on top of the street name to say. And I said, yeah, that that would be, yeah, I would love to do that. Mm-hmm. A fellow came to me that manages Cranford West. He said, how about we name all of the campsites at Cranford West about a Cranford eighty six after a Cranford eighty six? I said, well, I would support that hundred percent as well. There's quite a few World War One names, so that those areas were, were coming new streets around World War One, and then over in Indian Village, those were World War Two streets because that. That was being built after World War II, right? But I think that uh, that is a wonderful thing. Not too many towns have that. And, and you notice every one of those streets has a star on, on their their name exactly. to tell you that it is. And on our spreadsheet that we have with all of our heroes, we, uh, we put a highlight on each one that has a street named after it, which is a, a nice thing. The no. inside cover of our book that we put out every year has, has an Excel spreadsheet with all 86 names. And it says the street that they lived on, how old they are when they died, whether we told the story yet or not, whether we've made a banner or not, and is there, is there a street name after it? So it's a whole bunch of information in, in, in one two-page thing. And every year, obviously, it's updated because every year we make a book. Last year, the book was 128 pages. I think this year, the book is going to be close to 150 pages. And wow. it's all color. So wow. really, it's really nice. Well, the book is, is certainly one
0: of the things that you've done. And you mentioned in passing another one of the things that you've done, the banners that yeah. mention each one. And again, not all 86 have been created into banners at this point. But tell us a little bit about the banners, please.
1: Well, you know, I saw it in some places far away, none of them really around here that were doing the hometown hero banners. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a great idea. But, I, but I, what I realized then is that nobody was doing the names on the memorial like we were telling the story. So most of them were, yes, heroes, but these are people that went to war and they came home and they had children and grandchildren. And, and in most cases, the grandchildren or the children were sponsoring the banner to put up. And they had a picture of their uncle or their father in their military uniform. And these were not people that died in in war in 90% of the cases. So I I look around surrounding towns, Linden, uh, Roselle Park, Springfield, Raleigh, they're all living or returning veterans. They maybe have died since, but they didn't die in war. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're the only ones that are actually doing people that died in war, which it's just a difficult thing to do because finding the pictures and, and finding the information is difficult. You know, I actually wrote down in Roway now they have a whole section of the people that died in war, but none of them have a picture on it. They no. all just have a star and the person's name. So maybe they were inspired by our movement of putting the names of the of the fallen from the wars on there, but ours is still unique. Maybe there's one other one up in Bergen County that does what we're doing, but we thought having the banners around downtown would be a, a wonderful thing to do, but when, then we're thinking now, 86, can we possibly ask the D- Department of Public Works to put up 86 banners and are there 86 polls that we could grab? So we're, anywhere, we're up to 32 so uh-huh. far. So 56 more to go, which is, uh, and that'll be a, a big a big deal because, you know, putting them up, taking them out, just managing them. You know, I get a call all the time that Alan O'Kell's banner is down, the Fisk banner is down, you know, the winds that we've had lately and they get tattered because you can't leave a tattered banner up just like you can't leave a tattered American flag up. So, my little job of putting names on on streamers has turned to be quite the job, you know. But <laughs> there's four of us on the team. I'm not by myself. So I, um, I do have I do have some help.
0: Well, one of the things that I'm amazed at are the stories that you and the others put together telling the tales of these men. And these are not just a couple of paragraphs or even just a page. You'll find them in Cranford Monthly often. They tell you so much detail and What's amazing to me is the research that has to go into this. In the case of some of these veterans, even trying to find a photo of the right. veteran, particularly the, the ones from, from way back, is a difficult process. Tell us a little bit about
1: the whole you know, research that you're doing with this. We rarely start the research if we don't have a picture. That We usually start opposite because we know if we don't have a picture, we can't. There, we just can't go any further than that. But we started off with a researcher. Interesting as it was, I just started this idea and I wrote two stories. Uh, there was a, a member of the Historical Society named Steve Glazier, who who was a Pentagon Army retired colonel. He had a successful firm as a patent lawyer, and he had research abilities like I have never seen anybody have. So so we together were put on a job of, for the New Jersey Memorial Campaign to find a picture of Joe Minnock, the first man to die in Vietnam from Cranford. On their website, they have a picture, no picture of Joe Minnock. So they called the Historical Society. He said, sorry, we don't have a picture of Joe Minnock. So they called me. And together, Steve and I met up and said, you know, we this would be a great thing for us to work together, try to find this picture. So we found one. It was a really bad picture. It was all tattered and torn. And anyway, it was something. But then Steve and I started talking about my idea of this project. And he said, Don, I did the research on all the Civil War guys that grew up what would be Cranford? He says, I've been wanting to take on this project for a long time. He says, but I'm old. I'm getting ready to retire. He says, but I'd love to help you get going. So for the first year, he was my research guy and he came up with some amazing things. Not only did he come up with amazing things, he found family members because I didn't even think that I could find family members. My first two stories were from my neighbors across the street, the Roberts family, who her uncle died uh, on the same ship that Bob Greco was hit with, with his torpedo, so all that came together with me. And then I told the story of of a Whalen, Michael Whalen, who was a Green Beret and, and and there was lots of information at the at the at the Hartford Historical Society. So I had two under my belt. But then he took it, and, with, and then I realized what a good researcher could give me. Uh, and then we wrote twelve, and it was that was our first year, twelve stories. So, I mean, it was amazing. I said, Oh my God, we can, we can do this, because I tried googling people's names and think, Oh, you just Google them, right? <laughs> no, no, you don't. you you come up with nothing. But now when you Google these names, you come to our research, mm-hmm. you come to our story, which is which is really uh, wonderful. But after one year, Steve, as promised, retired. He went to upstate New York and said, you know, he's leaving us. I was like, I said, OK, I guess my 86 project is over you know, But uh, but at the at the memorial service up walks to me, a retired Air Force officer named Stu Rosenthal. And he, again, was a computer expert. He was had amazing research qualities. I got him together with Steve Glazier to, so they could share some of their techniques and their skills. And, and since then, Stu Rosenthal has been my researcher, guys. And he's even, not to say better than Steve, but he's passionate and he puts an amazing amount of time in it. And we've got this digital filing cabinet called OneDrive. We have 86 files. So uh, Stu is working all the time just to populate these files. And then he sort of gives me the heads up, like this one is right. You know, this one, we've got a lot of information and I've got some family members and here's some phone numbers. Why don't you call and see if you can get these people on the phone. And then all of a sudden it starts to roll from there. And and then we get, the, once we get the families involved, then we get the pictures. You know, we talk mm-hmm. about this black box. That's not, not not like from a plane crash but in a family's attic is a box with those pictures from this fallen hero and their family that they've forgotten about, you know, and most of and we've had luck in finding those boxes. And boy, when we find the box, and it's jackpot. You can see the pictures that, that we get are just phenomenal. So I'm spoiled now. I won't get into a story if I don't have a family. You know, mm-hmm. so when I run out of families that we can contact, then I might start scratching lower. You know, maybe this is the low-hanging fruit that we that we're dealing with. And we've got a few lined up already. So we know we've got a few for next year. We found a couple this year. We were very lucky. The three that we had this year, we found family members. Mm-hmm. So the stories are tremendous. Well, speaking of those families, and this is the one personal
0: connection that I have to any of the Cranford 86, was Dean Alichko, who was the most recent honoree featured in your research. And Dean was the older brother of one of my classmates, Todd. We both were going to Lincoln School at the time. His brother died in Vietnam. And we lived around the corner from each other. I grew up on Hillside Avenue, and the Alichkos lived on Mendel Avenue. Right. But even something as recent as that, there's still a lot of digging that you have to do.
1: It certainly was. Yeah. And surprises for everyone.
0: Tell yeah. us a little bit about some of the digging and the surprises that you came up with there, please.
1: Yeah, well, we had the story almost done and we knew that there had to be that this Todd had had to be around. And we were it's amazing. And, and why I love doing these type of things is that this publicity that's going to outside the boundaries of Cranford is so important to us because. Todd Olechko was living a stone's throw from Cranford, but in Roselle Park, and they had never heard of the Cranford 86 project. We've been doing this for six years, and it's been in the newspaper on a regular basis, Cranford Monthly, but they knew nothing about it. And here is a guy, 65 years old, retired now, and uh, he was dying to talk to someone because he had lived his life sort of in shame that his brother was in that horrible war. He was actually shamed by his teachers and the principal in Lincoln School when he was in school. He was ashamed to tell people that his brother died in Vietnam for most of his life. So, so here was a chance for him to, you know, feel proud about his his brother who had nothing to do with the politics. Like General Norman Schwarzkopf said at, at the dedication of the New Jersey memorial, he, he said that these weren't misguided kids in a misguided war. The, the the politicians were. These were just brave kids that answered the call of their country, just like World War II. For them to get caught up in in the media hype of of all the wicked things that were being said about them, was not their fault. And 99% of those soldiers were not doing any of those atrocities that people were blaming them all for. So, mm-hmm. so this little kid at nine years old was scarred, you know, and, mm-hmm. and here was a chance for us to maybe make it right a bit. And, and we talked and talked. He wouldn't, it took me three days to get him to talk. But then he finally decided to talk. And we, he invited me over like near midnight. And we went to like two in the morning. Wow. You know, we had a couple beers and a pizza, you know, because <laughs> the story of his brother, Dean, was that they used to stand around a campfire on Lehigh Avenue with beers and a campfire, and they would all talk all night long. So I would said to his brother, how about I get some beer? We'll talk just like like Dean and his friends talk. And he said, mm-hmm. oh, that's a good idea. And that's that's how he opened up. And he was going down the basement and getting letters from General Westmoreland. And, you know, he's sharing all the pictures on the wall in his house. It was and now we're best friends. He was wow. you know, We were afraid. We're so careful. Some of these Vietnam survivors did not do well talking to us. Mm-hmm. There's some that, that just hung up the phone on us they, yeah. because they just didn't want to open that box that was hope, yeah. that was closed and healed. It's very difficult. you know. So and we try and we respect that. If someone doesn't want to talk, we don't pester. You know, we let sure. her lie.
0: Well, Don, there's so much more, obviously, that we could talk about, but thank you so much for what you and the others are doing to remember these men who gave their lives in the wars of our country, who came from Cranford. Certainly this Memorial Day, I hope that everyone will take some time to remember those men as well as the other men and women uh, who gave their lives in the various wars that this country has fought. And again, I just thank you
1: for, for all your efforts and the time that you spent talking with me. Yeah, Bernie, I would like to say, uh, just in closing, that we do have a campaign now, of follow the parade to the ceremony, because so many people come to the parade, thousands of people come to the parade, and hundreds of people maybe come to the ceremony. So the new campaign we have is pick up your chairs when the parade passes and follow the parade. It ends at a ceremony that you won't be sorry that you, that you came to. We have family members of the guys that we, that we have memorialized this year that are there. And if you walk out with a dry eye, you're one of the few people that could possibly do it. And we do have a website, Crawford86.org where all the stories are, you don't have to you don't have to buy the book, but the book is beautiful. This year it'll be like 150 pages long. And uh it's a it's the perfect Cranford coffee coffee table book where you can talk about you know our town and how proud we are and how we how we pay homage to our fallen heroes because not every town does what Cranford does. It's like a Norman Rockwell moment, you know Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. you know, you know it's a just a great thing and I hope you guys will log on to our website and come see us at Memorial Day. And Bernie, we thank you so much for putting the spotlight on us. Thank you so much.
0: Don Sweeney has been our guest, the Cranford 86 Project. Don, thanks again. Thanks so much.